Running with Jake, the podcast. On this episode, we've, I've asked him about it, and he, he, he excuse the language. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna be polite because uh, no, 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 I don't want to offend you. Frank, do Frank, do Frank, please, Frank, do Frank, please. Frank. It's going out to my audience, so I won't because oh I'm yes, of audience. course, your professional <laughs> so, capacity. Um, Sorry, I forgot. <laughs> Running with Jake, the podcast, because every runner needs the occasional plot, and here's your host, Jake Lowe. Welcome to the show, your weekly dose of running motivation. Not only can we run. We are allowed to hug now. This is very, very positive news. We can hug people. We can have dinner inside. The world is slowly returning to normal. We like to have a little brief of what is happening each week in the world on the Running With Jake podcast. So this is great news. I'm very, very happy about that. Pete, we next time we meet, we can have a we can have a hug. We can have a proper hug as opposed to a virtual hug. How exciting is that, my friend? Do you know, I'll, I'll be honest, right? I'm really into the idea of eating inside. That's great. I uh, really like that. But um, I'm all right for hugging. I don't really like hugging. Um, the social distancing thing kind of suited me because I wasn't expected to hug. There's nothing worse than hugging a complete... I don't mind a pat on the back. A pat on the back's OK. A good uh, a good stiff uh, shake of the hand. I'm, I'm very much down for that as well. Um, but for me, I just like to have a little bit of um, a little bit of space. I don't like to be hugged um, unless I've got, uh, you know, like, intentions. So I only hug my wife. So you're not a hugger. You're not a hugger. Wow. I'm not a hugger. And I hate nothing more than when you meet someone and they go kissing you on the face. And you're like, oh, no. Now, there's so much stuff that can go wrong, you know? Like, do we go one kiss? Do we do two? What do we do? I mean, how do we how do we do this? Do you kiss the ear? Do you kiss the cheek? Do you kiss the air? You know, there's just so many rules, man. It's just too confusing. It is difficult. I still make the mistake with my girlfriend, Martina, who's Italian. Not with Martina, I don't make the mistake, but with her family, with her friends, with the friends of her family. When we do go to Italy, the whole kissing on the cheek thing. And and I'm cool with that. Unlike yourself, I'm definitely a hugger, very tactile. I love all that stuff. Totally up for that. Really happy about the situation, meaning we can hug people now. It's great. But I do find the kissing thing a bit awkward because I usually go for the wrong side. And that's really awkward. I I think there is a side in Italy. I think... think yeah, I think it's the right. I think you go for the right, and Do I you? tend to go for the left. And it's just you sort of meet almost in the middle, and it's a bit sort of ducking and diving and dodging and weaving, and <laughs> oh, then you've got the language barrier. Yeah. It's it's not the easiest. It's no, not. No, you're easiest. right. There are so many things that can go wrong with a kiss. But similarly with a hug, it's like you know how how long do you hold on for? How tight do you how tight do you hug? Do you what do you do? You know, just that whole thing and and you know when you're hugging what part of your bodies are allowed to touch and what part aren't it's just there's just too many variables that i just don't like i'm just i was happy with the social distancing i think to avoid overwhelm because that's really important with this whole allowing to hug thing we should just ease ourselves back into things gently and i did this yesterday in the half marathon the hullivington which i actually think is pronounced Hullavington. 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 Nice. Yeah, the sat-nav took me the wrong way. It was a bit of a nightmare. <laughs> Ended up virtually in a farmer's field. I was getting stressed, like, looking at the time, thinking, I'm going to miss the race start here. But I was back in that environment with other runners, which felt... I mean, I cannot tell you how good that felt. And Martina said to me when we were walking back to the car, she said, you, you're you in your element in this, aren't you? And I said, I just love it. Just, I, I spoke to every single person that I passed or that was passing me or that was around the race village. Yeah, everybody keeping safe and socially distanced and they set you off in waves, which is how a lot of these COVID or all these COVID safe races are operating at the moment. It was really well organised. So much respect to the organisers of the race. But I I just thought it was fantastic. And just being able to speak to people again and get relatively close to people, you know, it wasn't a hug. It wasn't a slap on the back. You know, you're still uh, doing the elbow thing, the Boris elbow thing to greet people. But it just felt like a significant step forward and now the fact that we can you know get physical with people we can give people hugs and and show how we feel and you know i just think it's a real real positive stuff so yesterday was amazing for me not just the race and earning a curry in the evening from running 13 miles and a cold beer (laughs) but just being around other people and and that atmosphere was it was amazing it was amazing and everybody was buzzing and to see all the race vests out there again people with their own goals and just to be back in that environment. Yeah, yeah I saw your social media and you and Marty looked just so happy. It was so cool. And um, how, how did it how did it go? Obviously, you, you ran the half and you've got that uh, the beast that is um, that is Manchester on the horizon. So how did it go in building you up for that and you know being the first step back? Well, I was a little bit nervous 
on Sunday. I often get like this, not crazily so, not crazy nervous, but a little bit. And and I was a little bit like, oh, this is interesting. You know, probably like a lot of people that was racing on Sunday. What? How, how, how's this going to go? What do I do? How? What pace do I set off at? Now, here's the thing, right? And I've got some strong opinions on this and I think might help some of our listeners. This was a really hilly course, by the way. So very hilly, right? And I hadn't ran a half marathon, get this, since 2019. October 2019. Wow. That's a long time it ago. It is, yes. And a, a race of any t- any sort, by the way, Pete. So I hadn't done that. So I thought, oh, well, how is this going to go? And I could just pick a time and say, right, let's just do that time. We'll target that and, and, and that's that. And, and you know, I'll, I'll set off at this pace. But it would have been so arbitrary. It would have been so random. It would have been picking a finish time for the sake of picking a finish time. And I would have chosen one, not based on where I was in terms of fitness and ability, because I had no idea. It would have been based on purely what I wanted to achieve sure, which didn't sure. really make much sense yeah. and all the tra- training I've been doing for those listeners that follow me on Strava uh, if you don't follow me on Strava and you want to check out my training just search Running With Jake on the Strava platform but for those people that do follow me you'll know that I've been doing quite heavy volume of training each week at the moment over the last several several weeks and few months but nothing particularly quick so the distance didn't bother me I knew I could run 13 miles that didn't phase me but the pace I, I had no idea what I was capable of. And as I say, it was very hilly. So when I was driving there with Martina, I said to her, you know, she asked me, well, what were you thinking for the race? And I said, well, do you know what I'm thinking? I'm not going to check my watch. Mm, mm. Said, what do you mean you're not going to check your watch? We're going to look at it at all. What about you going to check what pace you're doing and things like that? No, 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 I'm just not going to look at the watch. I'm going to press start at the start of the race and I'm not going to look at it until the end. And I've never done that. And runners typically don't do that they tend to look at the pace where am i what am i doing mm. what mile am i on i thought i don't want to know she said well why why wouldn't you want to look at, at the watch and i said well all the reasons i've just mentioned about picking an arbitrary time i have no idea where i am if i look at the pace on the watch right what am i looking for i'm not just looking and feeling indifferent about it i'm not just looking and, oh this is the pace that i'm running at i'm then going to attach a meaning to that pace aren't i i'm going to be looking and i'm going to be thinking oh god this is not as fast as i as i used to be able to run as or as i would like to do or i might look at the pace and think oh i'm running a bit quick here and then start to panic about it and feel like i need to hold back when actually i feel like i'm running at the right effort so i said i'm just going to totally ignore the, num- the numbers i'm just going to run purely on feel and my goal is to enjoy it and be around other people again which was so awesome and to work hard hard in the race we know i stopped in manchester 2019 so I, I just wanted to work hard and get to the finish line and that was that and and that's exactly what i did and i absolutely loved it around one hour 29 minutes and nine seconds yes i think in hindsight could i have found an extra 10 seconds if i'd have looked at the watch <laughs> earlier maybe maybe i could have done maybe not so i had a great experience i loved it and it super fired me up to sign up for more races this year but i'll tell you one thing i was so 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 proud of for me it was just the most amazing thing yesterday one of my runners in the performance community sophie she was second female wow she finished second female and martina my girlfriend came third female how awesome is that that's absolutely awesome yeah to be fair because the training that you're doing you're working with two runners who uh, within the top three they were they took two of the places that's amazing so it was a great day all round and if you have a race coming up in the future and perhaps you're a little bit out of condition not necessarily out of shape but out of experience in racing and you maybe you're feeling a little bit nervous about things why don't you test yourself and try not to check the watch during the event it will be very very hard but i'll tell you something as a coach and i really believe strongly in this that developing that skill to run on feel and understand how hard you are working in an event is really really valuable it's really important and the best way you can develop that skill is by not checking your watch in the race which is going to force you to listen to how the body is feeling something to think about for the show notes and video content Go to runningwithjake.com forward slash podcast. Running with Jake, the podcast. I think it's fair to say that today's guest is a little bit different. This is one of your customers. This is one of your clients, Pete. One of your one of it's another podcast that you produce. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Another podcast I produce. Great guy, uh, Frank um, does a, a show called Sophisticated Property Investing. It's about investing in property in a slightly different and more sophisticated way. And you may think running. 
property investing, where's the correlation? Well, do you know, um, one thing working with uh, yourself and also Frank is on this show, on Running With Jake, we do a lot of mindset stuff, so a lot of it is about the mindset in running. And um, on sophisticated property investing, Frank talks a lot about um, the mindset of an entrepreneur. And do you know what? A lot of similarities. There are a lot of similarities. And let's not forget as well that Frank is a runner too. So I just thought it'd be a quite nice matchup. I think you're dead right, Pete. It is a great fit. And it's interesting just how much of a connection there is between running and business and entrepreneurship and life in general, because it is about spinning those plates to enable us to get out there and train and get ourselves feeling better physically, mentally. So I totally get that. Well, we've got Frank on the show now. I can see him on the screen. We've got him on Zoom. He's got his loud shirt on. He's clearly in a good mood, beaming ear to ear. Frank, first of all, before we get into the whole world of running, fellow podcaster, tell us about your show. This is the platform. Promote your show. Go for it. You're on. Oh, thank you. Right right at the top of the show, Jake. That's uh, very kind of you, sir. Um, well, just coming back to the loud shirt, Pete will know this, um, but my brand is Loud Check Shirts. I, I'm only ever seen in Loud Check Shirts in a professional capacity, which is hilarious because I've just got off a YouTube video, which is why I don't normally dress up for a podcast. Not Normally I'm in my pajamas, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, it's, it's great being around at Frank's studio, Jake, because what he'll do is he'll have this loud shirt on and then he'll do a record or he'll do a he'll do a, a link up some description and then straight after that he goes all oh, right I've done with that put a hoodie on and then he's back in a hoodie <laughs> <laughs> I love it like the reverse of Batman or something that's great yeah, that's definitely great. the well, reverse look, yeah definitely it's it's awesome to have you on the show Frank there's loads I want to chat to you about I'm a little bit concerned though from the outset you used the phrase professional capacity Pete did you not give Frank a heads up about this show and how we how we roll here what's this I'm under no, pressure no, now I, it's one of those things Jake where I'm actually a ashamed of this show so i keep it really quiet <laughs> well i was a bit surprised jake i don't know whether uh, pete was supposed to be sending this to me but the three page plan for this interview hasn't arrived yet i've been checking my inbox religiously <laughs> what plan plan what what plan you plan? didn't get the memo oh we'll just fly by the seat of our pants frank it'll be absolutely fine so then batman tell me about your podcast what is it come on go <laughs> so the podcast we have the sophisticated property investment podcast which is based basically for people who are already investing in property but want to take their property investing to the next level and uh, what, what we say is we help our clients to earn on a monthly basis what they've been earning on an annual basis previously. I assume Frank this podcast is available on all good podcast apps Absolutely, we've got we've got a. Uh, I thought it might be. We've got an editor who, uh, to be honest, I have to like keep him in check and really uh, hold him to account. But he does generally get a podcast out each week for us on 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 most platforms. So yeah, Pete does an all right job. Yeah, <laughs> I do. I do an all right. But it, it is genuinely, it's one of those podcasts that you listen to. And I've i I know a guy who um, who I've known for years who's a property investor, and he listens to it, and he said, "I've been property investing for years, and this content blows my mind." In fact, I need to put you guys in touch frank because you know the the, the stuff that the the deals that frank talks about on the podcast and the, the just the learning that's involved will blow the mind of a traditional investor of any description not just property that leads us nicely on to how you actually manage to find the time to not only spin all the plates that i understand you're spinning obviously property investing podcasting all the various other bits that you do you mentioned youtube and whatnot being guests on other people's podcasts how do you manage to, do I say find or make the time here? Because I think people use a different term, don't they? For exercise and for wellness. And you do run, you do cycle. Tell me a little bit about that, Frank, and what what role it plays in your life at the moment. I'm going to go with the make time slant on that, uh, Jake. I think we all get the same amount of time. We just choose to invest it in different ways. And it's it's interesting, e- even your question, and I, I know your question's coming from a perspective of, you know, most of society is like, how do you fit this in around the important stuff? And that's not my, my take on it. My take on it is, you know, we only get one of these bodies. We only, you know, you can have 10 different businesses, nine of them can fail and your, your 10th one, you know, works a treat. I think the health and fitness, nutrition as well, is absolutely critical. I think it's become more and more important to me. So I had my 39th birthday last week and I'm more focused on my health now than I've ever been. And I've, I've been 
international athlete, two different sports, believe it or not, um, as, a, as a youngster. Your jaws just dropped, Jake, which is hilarious because you don't know what the sports are yet. When I tell you the sports, you'll laugh. They couldn't be more different. Um, and I'm so- praying it's Egg and Spoon. I'm praying it's the Egg and Spoon race. I, I just, I really hope it Not is. Not take that one off, but nearly as obscure, nearly as obscure. So given that I've been that serious about my fitness and, and athleticism in the past... I'm actually more serious about it now. And I, I imagine that's something that comes with age, but I've now got a personal um, instructor. I've now got a nutritionist and make sure that I get my fitness in each day. How do I make the time for it? Really by making it one of the rocks. You've probably heard the analogy of, of the jar. And if you fill it with sand, there's no room for anything else. That's all the, you know, the little bits that crop up in our lives. But if you put your rocks in first, so time with your significant other, time with your kids, your health, your diet, etc., your, your business as well, or your job, whatever, whichever it is, they go in, and then the pebbles can fit around it. So that might be, you know, time with your friends, time on your own, etc. Then you can fit in the sand, which might be watching TV, etc., etc. And you can take it quite a long way. So you can then put the water in around it. And of course, each time the jar's full. The jar's full when you've got rocks in it and then it's full with pebbles, etc. Um, and I did chemistry A-level. You can still put ethanol in when it's full of water, believe it or not, but that's a bit geeky. <laughs> 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 oh, you didn't know. You didn't know you were getting a smiling geek on the show, Jake, did you? <laughs> I love it. A man of many talents. Tell me what a typical week looks like for you, kind of training-wise, Frank. I want to ask you about kind of yesteryear and, and the the the, um, the the competitions that you've been involved in when you were younger. But what does an average week look like at the moment for you? I aim to train six days. Um, I'm not going to stand here and go, yeah, it happens every every single sure. week. The 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 I have a very full schedule, so we've got um, clients on multiple continents, multiple countries. Um, I do a lot of marketing myself, so I'm doing the YouTube channel and the podcast, etc. So pretty busy, we invest ourselves as well. So I'd, I'd probably work a solid 50 hours a week, and that can push up to 60 hours a week in the business. I've got two young kids, eight and Nine. Let me get their names right. Uh, their, their ages right. Yeah, they just had an eight-year-old. Uh, Seven-year-old just become eight. So I got got their ages right. My wife would be so pleased. The tricky thing is with kids' ages, though, they change all the time. Whereas their names stay the same. So if you forget their names, we've got an issue. <laughs> the, the funny thing is when you forget your own age. I, I do a lot of banking, right? And one of the questions is, what age will you be on your next birthday? And not too long ago, I was asked this by a lovely woman at HSBC, and she said, "What age will you be at your next birthday?" And I was like, "Right, I was born in '82." And I was adding it up and I was like, oh, I'm going to be 39. And she said, can I speak to the real Mr. Flegg, please? (laughs) (laughs) I didn't believe that I didn't know my own age, but you don't use it very much, do you? (laughs) So to answer your question, Jake, rather than just ramble, I look at each day. So I do have a default time in my diary. So three people put appointments in my diary, my PA and my ops manager and my sales and marketing manager. And so they can put appointments in but I have a fixed appointment between uh, 1 and 2.30 it's an appointment with myself to train every day and it doesn't always happen there and it doesn't always happen in that day but more often than not and I'm aiming for 5 out of 5 working days and then 1 session on a weekend that's what I'm aiming for I've got that hour and a half available either 1 till half 2 I've got a local gym that I book out so it's there just for me to go to when when I want to train it's a very small gym it's not like a big virgin gym or anything like that but it's got everything I need and I know I've got it to myself which means I can make calls and stuff if I if I want to while I'm doing cardio and stuff and so I try and do 5 sessions there but as happened today, um, something cropped up and it took me until 1.25 and I thought, well, there's no point in me going to the gym now because it's a 20-minute cycle there, 20-minute cycle back. I'm not going to have a decent session in the gym. And so I knocked that on the head and I've moved my session to 4 p.m. this afternoon. I can't go to the gym because the gym's not available at 4 p.m. So that will be a run or that will be a, a swim. I've, I've got an endless pool uh, that, that I can swim on or it can be a bike ride. So it'll be one of those three, depending on whether it's still raining, actually. <laughs> and so it, I, I think that comes back to what you were saying, Jake, about priorities. I've decided that's happening today. And if it didn't happen then, I, I, I would train at 9 p.m. if I needed to. After the kids had gone to bed, I'd jump on the peloton for half an hour or whatever, because that's important to me. That That's... I think it's very easy to say 
you know, when was the last time one of us missed a whole night's sleep? Or when was the last time one of us didn't eat for a day? No, that happens pretty much every day because it's important to us. And so I think if we make this important to us, uh, health or fitness or exercise, whatever you want to call it, then then it happens. And as I say, it doesn't always happen. Five times a week is what I'm I, like. I'm really disappointed if I don't. I, I sometimes only achieve four four sessions in a week, but I'm aiming for six. And that rest day normally isn't picked by me if, if, if it's been a perfect week it becomes a Sunday but normally <laughs> I've been forced into not training during the, a day in the week and that becomes my rest day I can't help but put my coach's hat on here as I was listening to you and there's some great stuff coming out of this I'm hearing that you allow yourself some space to first of all not beat yourself up if you don't achieve the target that you set and I think that's really important Absolutely. I think that's really important you, you will know this in business I'm sure and as an entrepreneur and, and, and involved as many things as you are Frank that you you don't you can't always achieve everything you set out to achieve and and what happens if you give yourself i believe too much of a hard time you risk the wheels coming off and losing that great momentum that perhaps one has built does that make some sense so you go, oh sod it i can't do it i haven't Absolutely. done it and, and you know i i said i was going to do five times i only did three i'm a loser i'm a failure and all this kind of internal dialogue absolutely and then you have two weeks on the sofa and you start eating mcdonald's and drinking loads of beer and <laughs> what what was a one hour session you didn't do which really doesn't factor in at all in the grand scheme of even a week or a month becomes actually a real blot on your quarter or on your your six month and and you know you've 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 whacked on five kilos in the space of a fortnight before you know it so yeah absolutely and i I think as well the other thing that leaps out frank is is your training plan although you have some structure to it it's fluid and i think that's really important for people looking after themselves in all in all senses as we mentioned earlier whether that's running cycling or something else i think fitness in general i think it's important to be fluid because life doesn't follow a plan does it it's not set in stone and right this is happening at this time and it doesn't it just doesn't work like that i agree completely i think it's important to have the objectives there you know what success look like so for me success is six sessions in a week i'm over the moon that's been a quality week tick tick in the box but equally when that happens i'm relaxed about i have a rule it has to be a 30 minute session if it's less than 30 minutes it hasn't counted but quite often i'll do a 30 minute blast i've got a we were talking earlier i'm in derbyshire so i'm blessed with many footpaths i've got a 30 minute blast i can do and that's my my default if i haven't got much time i don't think about it i know where it is (laughs) you know it's really really easy um but with a bit more time i can i can you know go exploring there's a lot of variety in there. I'm, I, I get bored really easy, Jake. And so for me, having a lot of variety in there is really important. And that's why I enjoy my challenges and happy to talk about some of the crazy challenges I've done, most of which involve lots of running. <laughs> Tell me about those challenges, Frank. Come on, what have you done? So I, I'll share a couple with you. Uh, one one um, a long time ago and one much more recently, last couple of years. So when I was uh 14 15 16 i was a running machine i used to i used to live seven miles from my secondary school and at one point in my training i was training twice a day that was like normal for me for years which as a teenager is mm. crazy actually um uh i ran for wales uh steeplechase uh under 17s i think it was i was i was in my my county cross-country team for year after year after year um and yeah, at one point I was running to and from school. Think about that as a teenager, seven miles to school and seven miles back. Like my teacher was like, are you going to be awake during your uh, <laughs> during your lessons today? And I, but I, I was just a running machine. I used to do a lot of training with my dad and we decided to do a charity run. We'd been reading about ultra runs and stuff and I, I could run with my dad for three hours, no no problem at all. We, we set out, we gave ourselves about six months training and, and I used to, at this time, I was dead serious about my running. I had a heart rate monitor and we're going back well how long are we going back <laughs> 22 years <laughs> if my maths is right so um they were big chunky things then these big watches and this big block on your chest and that but i used to measure my heart rate every morning to try and predict if i was going to get ill and when not to train that i used to have it on a little graph that was before apps and stuff it was before um smartphones i used to plot my heart resting heart rate every morning onto a bit wow. of graph paper i'm a scientist at heart and so um we were really serious about our training I used to log all my mileage i used to have um um, time trial routes so I'd do them every month and, and plot my time to see how I was getting on and stuff really serious about it and um, he and I decided to do a run from uh, Bristol actually which is where, where I think you're based yeah, at the moment right. Jake over to Slough 
That's not close. It was basically a marathon a day for five days consecutive. It was about 130-something miles. Uh, and so, yeah, we did a, a marathon a day. Not fast. They were like five, six-hour marathons. We'd st- stop for food and stuff. Um, my, my overriding image was my, my dad knew it was a real stretch for me, and he, he, he was obviously, you know, uh, fitter and stronger than me. And my, me- my memory was... Um, lying, my, my calves were killing me, absolutely, this particular day, we had three pairs of trainers and we'd rotate them between ourselves, we were the same size, so we'd rotate them to give our feet a bit of a break and um, I just remember my calves just killing me and he said, look, come and lie on this and it was, it was along the Kennet and Avon Canal, that was the run, so it was all off-road, the whole thing was off-road, it was beautiful it was absolutely glorious, I still remember it really fondly now um, and he lay me out on one of these um, lock gates, you know, the big big blocks of wood that you push on <laughs> right. to open the locks. He lay me out. That was my massage table. And he gave me this massage on my calves and then said, right, let's get on with it. And uh, I, uh, I remember it really fondly because I can remember we could not eat enough calories. It was unbelievable. We'd do our run for the day, five, six hours or whatever, our marathon, and then go and find a B&B and, and go and eat. And I can remember eating at, I don't know, four o'clock, five o'clock, and then having uh, like a big uh, weather spoons were around at the time. They they were like not 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 long been around. And I remember the mixed grill at Mever- weather spoons was like a massive plate of food. I can remember eating one of those at four o'clock, and then like come at eight o'clock being hungry again, and us going out for fish and chips. Like you just couldn't <laughs> get enough calories down here. But that's one of my uh, wow. one of my adventures, Jake. <laughs> at that age, though, I mean, you you you're eating like mad mm. anyway. And then to put that training yeah, yeah. <laughs> into into the body. It's probably why I'm. It's probably why I'm so short. It's probably why I never actually grew as tall as I should have done. <laughs> did, did you Did you get it from your dad then? I don't mean your height, by the way. But did you get all your running from your? <laughs> did you get all your running from from your dad? Your fitness? Yeah, I think healthy family mm. for sure. So my mum was a GB. Uh, gymnast, wow. a really high level gymnast. My, my dad had run marathons. He'd represented uh, his country in tug of war, uh, and so was was an athlete. Um, and so, yeah, I think we we get an imprint from, from our parents, and the imprint from them was, you know, we eat healthy. My dad's a chef, so we ate really well at home. Exercise is just something you do every day. It's part of your healthy day. So I think that was the, the norm for me. Are events something that you, you love? Do you, do you thrive off that? Or is it just more kind of for fitness and wellness? And My wife um, frequently uh, criticises me for this, actually. <laughs> she'll, she'll love this episode, I'll tell you. Um, she, she says I should have more structure. I should be aiming for something. I should um, be more destination focus with my exercise but I enjoy the journey more when exercising quite literally and what I mean by that is my whole life is data driven that all all my businesses all my franchisees every every all my team members they, they've all got KPIs that we've got goals for the business we, we, we're measuring everything all the time I've talked about my diary you know when I put my running trainers on it's an escape from that, you know, that, that, that's, that's I, I have my most creative thinking when I'm exercising. I get some, like, ideas that I don't know where they've come from, but I have, I have a little Evernote in my phone, and I just whack it in Evernote. Sometimes I have to stop a run <laughs> and just take a minute to make a voice note for myself and then carry on running. Creative thinking. I, I'm exactly the same. What is that about? Where does it come from? Come on, you're into your science. <laughs> because it does, and I hear this from so many people when you're out there, you don't consciously think, right, I'm going to solve this problem or, or I'm going to come up with this next great idea. It just pops in your head, doesn't it? What, what is that mm. about? Does that happen a lot to you? It does. I think, I think it comes... This is going to get really geeky now, but I'm a scientist uh, and so I read about this stuff. So my, my best understanding of it is um, our conscious brain is, is only able to produce about 10% of our thought, right? So it's not that powerful compared to our non-conscious brain. People call it subconscious, unconscious, all the same thing. So our non-conscious brain is 90% of the horsepower, if you want to call it that. But very few of us know how to access it. You know, maybe you've got some some Buddhist monks somewhere that can chant for 48 hours and they can access it at, at, at a whim, but I can't. And so the times when we enter more of that non-conscious thought is sleep, dream time, which is why, and you'll know this as a coach, planning is so important. If you plan your day 
in advance and then go to sleep on it, your non-conscious mind can work on your plan. It can work out, you know, what, how you're going to have those hard conversations, how you're going to achieve this, etc. That's why um, visualization in running is so important. For example, you, you visualize your perfect race and lo and behold, your body's working that out in the weeks and, and days before the race because um, it, it, your body is amazing, absolutely amazing, as you well know. And so when you're running, you're not consciously thinking about that problem or that that issue or or whatever um but you're giving your i think your non-conscious side of your brain that space to start working on the problem and then it pops into your consciousness while you're in a kind of meditative state aren't you when you're running you know you're kind of med- you're not thinking oh I must put my foot there and I must put my foot there and don't forget to breathe really deep Frank you know that's kind of all happening autony- autonomously easy for me to say for sure and, mm. and I think that's I think that's why that non-conscious thought cre- creeps in and, and, and it's powerful like you say probably one of the best most common examples of this is is and it's not connected to running particularly, but when you're struggling to think of something, somebody's name or whatever it might be, and then it just suddenly pops in your head randomly because you've you've sowed the seed, you've primed your subconscious with the question, right, go to work now, I'm going to crack on with whatever else I'm doing. And then it just suddenly spits the answer out to you when you least expect it. It's fascinating stuff, isn't it? fascinating there was a there was a researcher it, it is fascinating there was a researcher and um i forget the guy's name but he used to sit in an armchair and hold a spoon above a metal plate he put a metal plate on the floor and the idea was he was trying to fall asleep and just as he fell asleep he'd let go of the spoon and it would clatter on the plate and wake him up and he'd write down whatever he was thinking and he did it over and over it was like his um method for being creative and that that sounds crazy when you think about it but then when you think about actually he's doing a very effective job of accessing that that non-conscious state so yeah I, I, i need to take a leaf out of your book actually your uh, Evernote book and take my phone with me and then and then punch it into Evernote or some kind of notes app when I have an idea because that happens to me a lot when it could be podcast related coming up with an idea or a guest or whatever and then you're out there and oh crap I've got another eight miles to do or whatever it might be I, I really hope I don't <laughs> and I, then you've forgotten it I need like you've got a PA can I borrow them and they, could they run alongside me and, and if I could just <laughs> spit out the creative thoughts there you go that's what, that's what you want to do that's an idea for you that'd be awesome wouldn't it? it'd look really entertaining as well <laughs> for passive I'm just trying to I'm trying to visualise the job spec <laughs> so PA all normal duties must be a runner <laughs> the funny thing Jake you don't know this but my PA is based in Serbia so that'd be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! And, and we, you know, we talk about the the creative side of stuff when you're out there training. How much of what you do? I'm talking the training, Frank. How much of that is directly linked to kind of mental space and 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 the the kind of your psychology, if you like, the mental wellness? I mean, as an entrepreneur, busy, spinning plates, managing people. What's the connection between not the physical element, but the mental element? What do you get out of it? And I guess that probably a better way to ask that question would be, what would you miss if you were to suddenly stop training? How would that impact how you feel, your wellness? Great question. Winston Churchill talked about the black dog and he was talking about depression. Um, I would definitely be uh, depressed, whatever the definition of that is, if... um, if it wasn't for exercise. Uh, in fact, if I, you know, I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't using a hypothetical example there where I said, you know, sit on the sofa for, for two weeks, eat junk, uh, drink too much beer and put on five kilos. Like that, that's happened to me many times in, uh, in my life and longer periods. And the first thing to go is my positive thinking, motivation, attitude. It all goes really quickly. In fact, as two radio guys, you'll love this. Um, Chris Evans did his top 10 book. I think he's done two top 10 books. But there was one page in that that I absolutely loved. And it was the top 10 things that you do when you feel a bit rubbish that you really shouldn't do. You know, think top 10 things you do that make it worse. And he, t- he said, you stop exercising, you eat junk, um, smoke or drink more than you normally do, stay up late, get up late. And you read them and you think, yeah, instinctively I go to those and then it becomes a, a more and more negative um, uh, downward spiral. And so to answer your question, Jake, yeah, I think where would I be? Nowhere near as happy 
nowhere near as um, <laughs> healthy. So I'd be, well, I was actually uh, nine months ago. I was ten kilos heavier, and I'm not. I'm not at my running weight now. I'm still a bit heavy, um, but I'd be a lot heavier. Um, nowhere near as happy. Nowhere near as productive. So my business, I, c- I can track it. Years when I'm really healthy and into my exercise, my business does well. Years when I'm coasting and a bit you know, laissez-faire about my approach to exercise, I don't do as well in business. So it's it's, <laughs> it's taken me this long to realise, but it's as, as important, as I said right at the start, which is, you know, we only get one of these bodies, don't we? And, and our mind, we still don't understand it. Like, mind and body are intricately linked. And I think most of us, you said this earlier, Jake, you said most of us don't appreciate it until we start losing it. And isn't that a shame? One in three of us, there's three of us on this call, right? This is a sobering thought. One of us is going to get cancer statistically in our lifetime. Yeah, scary, scary. Really scary. scary. Thought, yeah. But people are surprised mm-hmm. by it. And it's like, well, should we be that surprised? You know, like, if we haven't exercised regularly, I'm, I'm getting stiffer. I've noticed that. I can't, like, touch my toes as easily and stuff. So I've employed a yoga teacher. She comes to my house once a week and she takes me through an hour of yoga so that ne- this time next year I'll be more flexible than I am today. And it's not about, you know, oh, crash, bang, wallop, I've got to lose 20 kilos or whatever. It's about going in the right direction. And if I'm more flexible next year than I am this year, then I'm going in the right direction. If I'm at my running weight or I'm moving towards my running weight, then fantastic. And I, and I think it's the same for the, the mind. I really like that phrase that you use, which I think is underused, actually. And you said, going in the right direction. Now, that to me says, it suggests movement. It suggests momentum. It doesn't say how much. It doesn't tell us how you know, what, how big are those steps that we've taken towards that goal or that physical or mental wellness. But it suggests movement, moving in the right direction. And I think that's really, really important because it's just taking those little steps, isn't it? Day by day, not comparing yourself to other people. Focus on you. What are you doing? What's your journey about? You know, how well do you want to feel? And what can you do today that's going to help you tomorrow? I think that's really significant stuff. And I also think, Frank, I'm really intrigued to hear what you think to this. I've thought this for a long time now. I think too many people beat themselves up for not being able to... Um, start on a journey or continue on a journey. Several times throughout our chat, you've referred to things dropping off fitness-wise. You know, business, coasting, when you're coasting in your fitness. So, you know, things where you're 10 kilos heavier or whatever. So it's not like you're always in race shape your whole life. Things happen. Life happens. Things come in. Things knock you off. Things affect you. We're complicated. And I think that it is important that we don't give ourselves too much of a hard time because what that can do is, I believe it can stop you from trying again. It can stop you from attempting to move in the right direction. Well, I tried it a few times and it didn't work or I fell off and, oh, I'm a failure. Uh, I think you're spot on. In recent years, maybe the last decade, it's got worse and worse because of the prevalence of social media. Unfortunately, I think egos and image consciousness get in the way and people show the top 10% of their life as if it was the normal 100% of their life and so for those watching who are experiencing 100% of their own lives they feel like they're massively inferior and I think it's a really unhealthy place to be comparing I think is really unhealthy uh, in in general I'm not on Facebook I, I don't go on Facebook my team do all our Facebook advertising we, we, we probably churn out a million adverts a month right we, we spend 10k a month on Facebook advertising but I'm not even on Facebook like you talk about mental exercise or inner size Tim Ferriss talks a lot about this he's done a great book actually four hour body and there's a lot on ultra running in there really fascinating for for your audience actually the four hour body brilliant book all scientifically based he just experiments on himself and um he talks about going on a low information diet because you think about the media try watching the news sat with an eight-year-old you want to you want to cover their eyes you want to say oh sorry don't, don't look at this or turn the volume down or because they're talking about you know death destruction crime violence it's so negative so so negative and then they put a good news story in at the end oh and you know <laughs> captain tom's walked 100 laps of his garden and it's like yeah yeah but we had 35 minutes of <laughs> doom and gloom before the five minutes at the end i, I saw a, an episode from years ago black and white where they said good evening this is the 10 o'clock news and this evening there is no news 
and then they moved on. But somehow we find 30 minutes or 60 minutes of news every single night. Well, of course there's not that much news, so they have to find something to uh, be doom and gloom about. So I think insulating ourselves from social media to an extent, from newspapers, the, the general mainstream media as well, I think is important. In, in EPP, we talk about a tidal wave of positivity because it's funny, people come to us to improve their property investing. Most of them have invested previously and they want to take it to the next level. But you can't take your business to the next level until you are at that level, until you're thinking, until you're performing at that level. You you get the results you deserve. I'm, these are lots of quotes from people much cleverer than me. But um, Jim Rohn says that. He says, you get the results that are perfectly suited to your capabilities. Um, he also says you get rewarded, Zig Ziglar says this, you get rewarded in direct proportion to the value you, you bring to the world. And so what we have to work with a lot on EPP is shutting off red flag people, people that you love and trust and respect, but actually aren't serving you. They're just fearful. They're, and they, they're telling you things aren't going to work. They're telling you, you know, should you be doing this? And it, it's those seeds of doubt. It could be your significant other. They love you and you love them, but actually that's not a helpful influence on your business or, or your life. Um, the media, we've talked about social media. We have to insulate ourselves from those, but also, and you probably noticed this, I'm quoting great. I'm quoting people who are just thinking leagues ahead of where I think. And the reason for that is I immerse myself in those. Rob Moore actually is a a personal friend. We're in a mastermind together and stuff. But listen to his podcast, as well as Jake, Running With Jake, as well as Running With Jake. Let me put that in. Um, But you listen... (laughs) And sophisticated property investing. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Pete. Come on, guys. (laughs) But you listen to him talking, or you listen to Tony Robbins, or you listen to any of these great, or read their books, and and it's that tidal wave of positivity. All of a sudden, you're walking an inch taller. I was interested to hear you don't take your phone with you, Jay. I'd be lost without my phone because I'm always listening to a podcast. Like, very rarely will I not be plugged into something because I'm loving the outdoor air. I'm loving that I'm, I'm exercising, but also I'm loving the mental stimulation while I'm. And it, it won't be anything negative. It'll only be positive podcasts. For me, I think that tidal wave of positivity is really important. You choose what you consume, don't you? You choose what you let. Absolutely. In. And what's interesting when you talk about protecting yourself and insulating yourself, uh, as, as many of these great these great thinkers talk about, is when you use examples as you've given, such as the news, and we talk about the negativity that we're being subjected to and consuming, the Instagram feed or the Facebook feed or whatever social media channel it might be, and you are comparing yourself, what's actually quite frightening about that, Frank, is what we touched on earlier when we spoke about the subconscious mind, not the conscious mind, because consciously in that moment, you might be aware of the fact that you are comparing yourself to an individual, right? And feeling inferior. Maybe, maybe you're conscious of that, maybe not. But either way, this what, 80, 90% of subconscious power that's working away in the background when you're sleeping, when you're out there running, telling you that you're not good enough or comparing you to something that you've seen on social media or reminding you subconsciously of some things that you've digested on the news and consumed, which are probably not so great. It's really impactful, isn't it, what we allow in to our minds. I really get that. I really get that. A mentor of mine, uh, a guy called Richard Wilkins, he's the self-appointed Minister for Inspiration. And you can look him up on Google. He lives in Northampton. Fabulous guy. I did a week's course with him and then, then some uh, some follow-up. He talks about people coming to him. He, now, he's left field. He's, he's absolutely brilliant. I love him to bits. Uh, but but he's, you know, a bit odd. And I think he'd probably celebrate that, that statement. And people have come up to him and said, Richard, fantastic presentation. Absolutely amazing. Can I just give you some constructive feedback, please? And he says, um, is it going to make me feel good? Or is it maybe going to make me feel a bit bad? And they were, well, it's, it's constructive. It's going to help you improve. He said, do you know what? I'd rather you not. And they don't know where to go with it. Like, he doesn't want to hear the constructive feedback. And, and I, we've, I've asked him about it. And he, he, he excuse the language. No, I'm going I'm to be polite because uh, no, no, I, I don't no, want to no, offend you. No, 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 do it. Do it, do it, do it, Frank, Frank, do it, Frank, please, Frank, do Frank, it. Frank, please, Frank, do it. No, but, <laughs> Frank, 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 But Frank. it's going out to, it, to my audience, so I won't because I'm oh, not Oh, yes, of course, audience. your professional so, capacity. Um, sorry, I forgot. Exactly, exactly, Jake. I try. I have to try. He says, why would I allow someone to come and defecate on my doorstep 
Why would I allow them to do that? I'm bound to walk some of it into my house at some point. And so I'm not going to allow them. I'm not going to say, yeah, yeah, just just dump it all out there, mate. Jump all out there. It's going to affect my life. And so, no, I'm not. And it's. I think that's the same of watching the news but going, you know... It all washes over me. No, I don't think we're that insulated against our environment. I think we're heavily influenced by our environment. So, yeah, it's 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 powerful stuff, Jay. And it can Absolutely. affect you long after the moment's gone, which is what we're saying here. You know, dragging it mm. into the house, so to speak, using the analogy there. So, I think I think you're dead right, Frank. It's been an absolute pleasure having Couldn't you on the show on. today. I've loved it. You and your brightly coloured shirt. It's awesome. I have one <laughs> final question for you that we ask all of our guests on this yeah. show, and you are not getting away with this, my friend. This is your weekly dose of running motivation. What does the word motivation mean to you? Right, let me just grab a book, because I want to reference it. <laughs> One second, gents. Frank um, has got so many great tips. Obviously, I li- I've listened to every word of every one of his podcasts, and he's got so many great book tips and and, and, and quotes and stuff. It's unbelievable. I'm always writing stuff down. Is he going to get... Is he actually... Is he actually gone to get a book? Gen- genuinely, Frank has gone to get a book. Genu- Frank is Fra- now Frank, back. I'm back. Yeah, I'm back. Frank, nobody has taken this question as seriously as you. I- I'm, I'm astounded. Oh, mate, I'm astounded. If you, if you're going to do so, I, I saw the quizzical look in your face. You're going to do something. Got to do it properly. So, this is coming from Andy Mouncy. Do you know Andy Mouncy? Frank, sorry, just, just quickly. Sorry, Frank. Do, do you want to? We can reconvene tomorrow if you need to do a bit of revision and stuff. Or you're good to go. <laughs> <laughs> now he's, now he's mocking me the cheeky monkey i've taken his i've taken his his question seriously and now he's mocking me so this book is from andy mouncy i'm reading it right now magic madness and ultramarathon running have you read it jake no no i haven't actually brilliant book i'm i'm nearly finished but every page this is a good indicator of whether i've liked the book every page where there's something i'm gonna reference or i'm gonna um come back to i dog ear it my wife hates that because <laughs> i ruin books apparently but i get a lot more value out of the book and he runs there's loads in that he's done the lakeland 100 and this is i'm trying to decide on my next uh challenge uh, i did the iron man about three years ago that was tough for me uh, i did it in about 13 and a half hours but i had done it on about seven hours a week training which is not really enough they say 15 hours a week really you need um and i'm looking at my next challenge and he's done the arch to arc do you know what that is, Jake? Oh, wow. Yeah, that is uh, that is ridiculous. So you run from Marble Arch in London to Dover, you swim the channel, 21 and a bit miles, and then you jump on a bike for about 200 miles to uh, to Paris. He's done that um, as, as well as many. The, the Lakeland 100 is a 100-mile race around the Lake District, uh, non-stop. You start in the daytime, you run through one night, <laughs> you run through the next day, you run into the next night. Crazy stuff. And here's what motivation means to me. He does it without a watch. And for me, that just, that, that epitomises enjoying the journey. If you're not looking at your watch, if you don't care where you come, you ask me about racing, I don't do races. I, I did the Ironman, the, the, the outlaw uh, uh, Ironman in Nottingham because it's an, an organised event, because of all the support you get, etc. But I don't care if I took 14 hours, if I did it in 11 hours, or, or but I do care if I finish it, and that's what he talks about. He'll walk, he'll sit down, he'll eat a beef burger if he needs it, he'll, he'll do whatever, but he does it without a watch. And motivation for me is if you do something where no one's watching, where you're not even timing yourself, that's what motivation is. You're doing it for you, then. That is a great answer. Uh, that that answer should be made into a movie. Was it worth the Was it worth the delay? <laughs> it was worth it, and we are turning it into a movie. There's no doubt about Frank, it. Frank, it's been it's been awesome chatting to you. I know you've got a dash. You're a very busy man. Honestly, thank you so much for coming on the show. We must get you back on again in the future. Maybe once you've decided what you're going to do next, is it the arch to arc? Oh, Who knows? Maybe. Who knows? Who knows? But best of luck maybe. with whatever you do. Honestly, lots of love your way, Frank. Good luck with the podcast, and we will speak soon, my friend. Cheers, Jake. Great to be on. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Pete. Running with Jake, the podcast. Your weekly dose of running motivation. Out every Wednesday. Never miss an episode by subscribing now. As you may or may not know, that myself and my girlfriend will be relocating in the near future from Bristol to Winchester for my girlfriend's job. And we're actually going this week, staying in a nice little Airbnb certainly looks nice from what I can tell on the pictures and that is right in the city centre of Winchester we're going to check out some properties view some properties get a, get a roof over our head which I think is important when we move in August and it got me thinking 
if this Airbnb is of a nice standard, if it's everything that I expect it to be, if it lives up to the images on the Airbnb app, if there is a chocolate on the pillow when I arrive, a nice <laughs> bowl of grapes, maybe a slice of cake, nice. and they put some milk in the fridge, do you know what I'm going to do when I get back home? What are you going to do? I'm going to leave them a review. I'm going to review and I'm going to rate them because I think, I think that is important in life and it's not always so easy, is it? No, it's not. And it got me thinking about reviewing and rating podcasts. When we listen to these shows, we get something from them. We think that's a great show. I'm going to subscribe to that show. Well, stop right there. Once you've subscribed to the show, I think it's quite important to leave a little rating, a little review. We love that. We love that here at Running With Jake. So if you do have a moment in your very busy life and you quite like the show, no, not if you quite like the show. If you love the show, please leave us a review. Yeah, if you think it's average, you think it's three stars, don't. Please don't leave us a review because at the moment we've got an average of five stars. So please, I mean, five star only reviews. I mean, it's wrong. It's wrong to say that. It's wrong to push. If you if you do no, I can't. If if you do think, I know what it's like, right? You only review. I only review things if I think they're either really, really, really bad or really, really, really good. But what I'm saying is, if you think this is okay. If you think this is... I know I know that we're not really, 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 really good. I know we're not really, 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 really bad. But if you think this is, like, just okay, do us a favour, because we are nice guys. Just give us five stars, okay? Just give us five stars. <laughs> so lie. So, so lie. what you're asking our so listeners to do yeah. is lie. If you think this is a mediocre show, just bump up that rating to five stars, please, is what we're saying. It's mediocre at best, but we are genuinely nice people. We're genuinely nice people. For that... Give us five stars, please. So to summarise, if you think the show is mediocre or if you think it's ace, please give us a little rating. If, of course, you think it's shit, keep your thoughts to yourself. <laughs> yeah, that works. And now it's time for another hashtag Ask Jake. Today's question actually comes from one of my runners, Sue, who wants some tips for drinking and fueling more frequently during runs and races. Now, this is a great question because it can be often quite difficult to remember to drink and fuel during our longer sessions. We take the various foods and hydration with us, but do we actually consume it? We can get distracted easily. Uh, a good little tip is actually, if your watch is compatible, and most modern watches are, is to set an alert. And I believe you can do this, most watches is just in the running settings where you set a little alert that can either be based on distance or duration just to remind you so just like it might bleep every mile or kilometer depending on what your watch is set to do it will bleep every time you tell it to remind you to drink or to take on board some fuel so that's definitely worth doing until of course you've created the habit yourself which happens in time and then you can perhaps switch the alert off so it's definitely worth checking your gps watch to see if this has the nice little feature I hope that helps, Sue. If you have a question, then it's hashtag AskJake or drop us an email at podcast at runningwithjake.com. You've been listening to another episode of Running With Jake, the podcast, your weekly dose of running motivation, the show where we hate long goodbyes. But we're totally cool with uncomfortable silences. <laughs> oh, and one more thing. A decision without action is merely a good intention and good intentions won't get you far.